Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, a.k.a. Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Reed, a.k.a. Sick Robot. How you doing? And Morgan, a.k.a. Spleenface. What's up, everyone? Um, in this episode, we're going to be covering Cheaters. Um, which has kind of been a topic that's, you know, a bit topical, yeah. to- topical topic. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate topic that we, we have to cover because, you know, you'd hope that this would never be something relevant in our community, but, uh, sadly it's more relevant than ever. So we're going to talk about it. Um, before we get into that, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Well, we were sort of talking <laughs> a bunch about this, but uh been watching a lot of modern. <laughs> <laughs> Format's fun, dude. I mean, obviously, people are getting scammed left and right by the literal scam deck, but, uh, dude, beans. Beans are the way. Beans are the way forward. I'm telling you. Yeah, I had no clue what Reed was talking about when he said <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> up, up the is just a, uh, it's just like the perfect kind of card. For, like being printed into modern and like seeing play in modern decks. I don't know. It's just like this sick value engine that encourages you to play with like other good cards, but it's like very interactive and like it wants you to play longer games. It's sort of it's definitely what modern needs that like isn't just them printing better like undyings yeah, for one yeah. mana for some reason. Like I don't why why did they print the the new one that gives wicked roll? <laughs> why why was that a thing? <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I'll go as well. Um, start a new job. It's cool. Although it's, uh, yeah, yeah, new job in sales. And, um, I was, uh, told basically it's like, yeah, you're going to, it's going to be like six months to a year before you're like competent at your job and, you know, lots of training and stuff. So, I've started my new job, but you know, not really. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it's, uh, it's not it's uh, six months to a year until they start paying you. That's the, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> the thing is, it's it's I've got I get a salary and then I get you know a bonus slash you know commission commission based bonus. So I mean, it's it's going to be a while until I actually start you know making sure. making some money there. But <laughs> get that bonus, yeah. <laughs> till I get my full salary, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess one other thing uh, we we also all did that I guess <laughs> yeah I was like, we, actually we, remember that as we, soon we, as we went to Kingston talking. for uh, for a little local tournament uh, got to see some of our some of our friends from school uh, hang mm-hmm. out jam some games that some was of fun your friends from school thank you very much some of my just like <laughs> actual <regular laughs> well, Reed Reed got adopted <laughs> to our friend group <laughs> <laughs> to, to be clear I would still say our because. They're both Lyndon and my friend. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good time. It was a, a small tournament. Uh, there were 15 people who showed up, but uh, they're hoping to get the word out and do more of them, and hopefully it can uh, continue to grow because local scenes and local events are always awesome to see. Yeah, and what's just surprising is that, you know, even for such a small tournament, you know, Morgan Reed, friend of the show Zach Keegan, <laughs> none of them, none of them were able to make you know the final pod. But oh you know, God. it's uh, 
I, I can understand sometimes, stiff competition. <laughs> sometimes tiebreakers are calculated in a bit of a strange yeah. way, <laughs> in, in, in a weird one. Look, you know, I didn't, I didn't take it down, but uh, didn't walk <laughs> away with two Orcish Bowmasters. That's fun. Stonks. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Pretty good. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I, wa- I walked um, away with one of the sickest play sequences I've ever made that didn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I the- I walked away with a great a great understanding of a new card in one of my decks. But yeah, go and elaborate on your uh- Oh well just in a game that uh that Lyndon and I were playing, uh I managed to like uh basically just force a bunch of interaction out of the table and then I was trying to endurance or ostensibly trying to endurance a player who was winning with Oracle, uh and then uh, managed to after getting Lyndon to crack his LED to draw with Riel bounces whatever it's called Teferi's Aegis Insight kill the uh, Tim the Crown player with their own Crown trigger endurance Lyndon and then died anyways because he still had a million cards in hand it was very sad yeah that's how Riel goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you play Man, right yeah. into it you know you, you play you, you do the best play you know you do all of everything right and it's just like yeah and I'll just draw a million cards anyway that game that yeah. game was rough for me I had to it stop was, yeah. like two win attempts by I guess it was turn three and yeah it was it was sad yeah, yeah, and I didn't help either. I think I like countered your. <laughs> I, you yep. played like an idol or I something. I tried to play a rule of like, law, and you countered yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, like nah. fantastic. <laughs> and then I still um, had to stop the breach player from killing us. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. So I guess that wraps that up. So without further ado, let's jump into housekeeping. Um. And as always in housekeeping, we like to give a shout out to new patrons. So, big shout out to Robert S. Claps all around. Wait, okay, come on, guys. Oh, come on. You gotta, yeah. you gotta run it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is how we thank our patrons. Come on, guys. You can do better. Well, we yeah. can do better. Thanks right. for the support, I, I'll do Robert. It. I'll, there we go. I'll do it since he wasn't. Robert, you rock. Thank right. you. Yeah. <laughs> Lennon doesn't want to be named in the lawsuit anymore. No, so no. I guess I'm I'll trying take to distance mantle. myself here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that I, I, I'm starting to you know, earn money, I actually have something to lose. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can't just declare bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. With it. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Robert S. Um and that brings us to new developments. Uh, Morgan Reed, you guys. Uh, I guess you can take yeah. this first one, Reed. Sure. Um, so me and Morgan decided very unceremoniously, but we did decide that we will in fact be making it out to LotusCon um, on the uh, October. It's like October sixth to eighth ish. I feel like that like that, that number is slightly wrong, but it's in the ballpark. Seventh, uh, seventh, eighth. seventh to seventh to eighth. There you go. Um, yeah, so we're gonna be uh, heading out there. If anybody else is uh, going to be uh, in St. Louis, feel free to say hi to us. Um, we will be there for the entire weekend. So, yeah, I think that's gonna be a good time. Uh, we'll see who makes it out. I know a few people are. Uh, but I would definitely encourage if anybody's in the area to uh, try to make it out. Unfortunately, flights are sort of like ridiculously expensive from Canada specifically. Um, but yeah, you might still be able to make some uh, some travel stuff work. I, is the is the drive even that bad? 
Depends on where you are. I think it's like pretty long go. from anywhere on like the actual east coast, but if you're a little farther inland, I don't think it's so bad. Yeah. So yeah, um, feel free to uh, feel free to come out and say hi if you're uh, if you're also there. Right on. Uh, Morgan, I guess yeah. this this new developments tends to just be like what tournaments are people going to? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm going to be in Vegas, uh, I guess it'll be right around the time this comes out, probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, big, big magic con, uh, after party DJed by Elijah Wood. It's going to be sweet. Uh, come Wait, down, what? Hang, hang out. Yeah. That's rad. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Shit. <laughs> yeah. Lemon's uh, suddenly very jealous that he can't yeah. go. <laughs> the hell? Yeah. Um, okay. So it, uh, they always put on a put on a big big show for uh, for Vegas, so it should be awesome. Uh, I know lots of other content creators are going. Uh, Pongo of, of Team Turn 3 fame is going to be making his return to, to Magic events. I think uh, last time he went to one of those CDH meetups was in oh god 2019 feels so long ago but uh and then yeah a bunch of other people i know ian's gonna be there rebel you know and the big big old cdh crew uh so it should be so it should be pretty awesome yeah sounds sweet um but on a more somber note i feel like we should address this although i'm i feel like it's not breaking news for any of our listeners or especially not as of the time of yeah, us yeah, releasing but, this um, episode but it's still worth yeah, yeah uh, tragically um, Sheldon Mennery um, of the RC and kind of creator of uh, Commander and EDH has uh, passed away um, yeah and this is uh, obviously you know very sad he's been a pillar of the community um but I think a lot of people don't realize how much of a champion of CDH he was, or maybe not a champion, but like a um, helpful figure uh, in helping the you know CDH community um, interact with the RC and you know helping us get things done when we needed to. You know he was uh, a big part of making sure the flash ban happened and you know convincing other RC members and. Yeah, so, um, yeah, really, really, really sad news. Yeah. To, uh, it's sorry, go going to be a pretty big, like, hole in the community, I think. And I, I'm not sure that one's ever going to get filled, honestly. Um, they're, no. like, they're not even, like, big shoes to fill. They're just, like, I don't know, like... I don't want to say like a dinosaur footprints because they like sort of it sort of gives off the wrong impression, but you know they're just like they're just some massive cavities that we just like are never going to fill, and we're just gonna have to, I guess, move past. But uh, definitely being super thankful for everything that Sheldon has done for the Magic community at large, for EDH obviously being like one of the founding fathers of it, um, and just like yeah, I mean, managing for what the past like almost 20 years yeah yeah, yeah it's so uh, wild how much of an influence he's had over how long yeah I mean you could argue that the magic is as only as popular as it is now um, and I don't even think it's that hard to make the argument um, because of him right um, mm -hmm. this format 
that we all know and love is the biggest uh, in all of Magic, and it's kind of what draws a lot of people in and keeps people sticking around. Um, and also, so, yeah, having a uh, functioning judge program helped, uh, yeah, helped Magic yeah, grow pretty well, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, no, very, very uh, important member, and his loss will definitely be felt by the community at large. Um, okay, so can move on to the main topic of the show which again is cheating in cdh um which i guess is also not really a, a super not yeah <laughs> great you know enthusiastic upbeat topic but but we it's can make something that's it. important that needs to be discussed and uh i think we can have fun in this episode we just have to have fun at the expense of the cheaters yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, so I mean, if you were uh, if you clicked on the episode title or you saw the episode title and you, you're listening to this and you're like, okay, where's all the cheating? No, you you picked the wrong episode. This is not this is not the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not giving tips on yeah. Reed. Reed really wanted to, but Lyndon and I yeah. talked him down. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean. We can kind of kick things off with our first bullet point here, which is this is a hot cheating take. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, throw this at listener hot takes. You know, holy moly. Yeah, cheating sucks. Um, it's, um, don't do it. Yeah, I, Why are you doing it? It's <sighs> this is something like a lot of okay. Yeah. Uh, Lots of, uh, you've seen, I mean, I've seen people before cheat in games where there's literally no stakes, right? Um, yeah. So sometimes, you know, maybe it's not like a, this isn't the place to like do some kind of like psycho armchair analysis on, you know, cheating and what makes people cheat. But um, it's worth, it's just worth considering that and remembering that people don't always have to be like super motivated like it doesn't have to be like something super obvious like very very high stakes for people to want to cheat um or for people to try and justify it to themselves with other people it, sometimes it could be like you know oh i just want to have a high win rate or you know i'm trying to impress my friends at the lgs or random street like Which it I, doesn't even yeah. I, I things like yeah. some kind of del- uh, distorted perception of, of how um well what they'll get out of it and it's yeah, um, just not not worth it in terms of not only like the damage that it's going to do to your reputation um, and the community at large, but like the stakes, the winnings aren't aren't really like that <laughs> the, worth. The stakes like, are so low, yeah. and like it's the the like the main reason to do well in CH isn't even the prize pools it's just clout <laughs> and like it's not worth cheating for clout because it just disappears as soon as you get caught and you're probably gonna get caught <laughs> yeah yeah like... <laughs> i don't know and and just i don't understand how like i play this format for fun and to kind of socialize and you know and that's i don't i i just feel like that you're taking away I, I just you would be to be taking away my own fun to, to do something like that, which is, I guess, part of the reason why I have such a hard time understanding people's motivation for this. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the motivation for cheating is just like never. I feel like it's just like never something that you like even really need to take into account. Like I, 
I'm not sure that it's ever particularly useful to think about the motivations behind, like, people mm -hmm. cheating, because it's just, like, something that's going to happen, like, completely, like, you're completely irrespective of, like, if they're, like, the reasons why people cheat. Like, you'll have people cheating for, because, again, they want to win, because they want to impress people, because they just want to feel something, they just, like, it's just normal for them, they don't, like, care about actually playing the game they just want to like do something and be good at it um or quote unquote be good at it yeah so um, you know dude you're in your own head you know that you're not genuinely good right like you're well so that's the thing right is that like for i'd say for a lot of people that are cheating probably yes but also like i i'm not sure if you've ever run into like script kiddies on like online games and but like they, they, like, there's, there's, like, no, a lot of the time, like, no, like, self-reflection at all there. Like, they have, like, no actual Just, like, thoughts cognitive, about... Cognitive dissonance, like, oh, I'm actually even good, even though that, like, I'm cheating to get my... It's, it's not even cognitive dissonance. They just, like, don't view cheating as, like, a thing that invalidates them being good at the game <laughs> for, like, you know, wild reasons. That seems pretty, like, cognitive dissonance to me. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. It is, it is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I guess we kind of covered, yeah, cheating is bad. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What else What else is there to, to talk about on this? How do you, uh, um, how do you not well, get I caught? What are, what are people doing? How are they cheating? Um, I guess we can also talk about um, the recent kind of cheating epidemic in the community yeah, I think, let's I, talk I about also, that first and then we can sort of get into kind of, the specifics of uh you know what people mm -hmm. are doing what to watch yeah. out for and i would i would even say like before we even get into that necessarily i would say that like we should probably just talk about like cheating sucking not just for like the people who are involved in the game or the tournament um that like it's involved in or even just like cheating sucking for like the person who is cheating but like Cheating sucks for the community, dude. It sucks for the format. It's, yeah. It sucks for, like, magic in general. Like, it just... it Like, it's just so not good for everybody, even tangentially involved in the community, for there to be, like, rampant cheating or just, like, a large number of cheaters um, continuously doing their thing. Because it's just, like... It's just... You, you Like, everybody loses trust in everything. You just, like... It, it compromises the integrity of events not not the organizers but like yeah um like yeah just the integrity of the event itself and what's what's especially i mean it's kind of obvious why you know there's more rampant cheating in online events um because it's easier to do so and harder to <laughs> catch but can, what's yeah. what's especially kind of pernicious about that is that online events are one of the most easily accessible um ways for people to get an experience tournament ED, uh, cdh right yeah like not everyone has the you know the the luck to be in an area where there, there's like you know good cdh events uh or tournaments like running within a, a short travel and or not everyone has the luxury of being able to travel long distances or, or the funds to be able to travel long distances for um in-person tournaments so online tournaments are kind of you know all all you can get for some people and it's it, they're they're great usually you know very high level competition great diversity of decks great people good community and then when you have people cheating and it's like you know it seems almost like every online tournament now it's like afterwards 
Well, we got a cheater. Well, we caught two cheaters this time. It's like, it just... I've I've seen comments of people saying I'm I don't want to do any online tournaments anymore. Like or, or you know I was thinking about doing an online tournament and you know I just I don't think I'm going to do these because yeah there's just cheaters everywhere. It's like that's so sad. It's such a good way to grow our community and it's just yeah a lot of uh, people's faith in that is is disappearing and of no fault of the tournament organizers like they're doing everything they can they're, they're catching these cheaters and it's just it's it's these people who keep deciding to cheat it's and it's it's just really sad and i i wish you know obviously if you're if you're ever thinking about cheating just just don't not just don't do just like just reevaluate what you're what you're doing and your motivations for this and and just don't ruin everyone else's experience man it's not it's not a victimless yeah. crime right it's not just a oh i got caught blah 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 i get banned you're not the only one who faces like you know who, who is affected by this it, it affects everyone in the community at large so if you like you have to genuinely have you know complete ignorance or, or just act of disdain for the community to want to do something like this yeah yeah it's uh you know uh, like as someone who's participated in a lot of you know online tournaments i've definitely like had the impression that uh that like and and i think reed we, we've discussed this a few times there's just there's just too many people having particularly like busted starts too often yeah. and yeah. like it sucks because like i don't want to like you know if if I don't know, Mana Crypt into Busted Thing openers are, like, 50% more common in webcam tournaments than they are on, like, Cockatrice or whatever, then, like, presumably that means somewhere around that portion of people are cheating. Um, but, like, I don't want... You can't, like, assume that about your opponents, but, like, it's always a question at the back of my mind. Whenever I see a crazy start, I'm like, that's suspicious, you know? Or, like, maybe not that suspicious, but just, like, I, if I know the cheating is happening and one of the most common ways to cheat is to stack your opening hand, like I have to wonder and then... And, and it just makes you feel yeah. like a jerk, right? For, for yeah, even exactly. thinking about it. And then, like, yeah. you have to consider, it's just like always front of mind, but you don't want to have to think about that shit. Like, I'm, I'm also I'm here, I want to, I'm, I'm here to play the tournament to do well, so first of all, I don't want my, like, I don't want my my brain or like i don't want my thought process to be like constantly derailed for the entire game because i'm just like oh my god checking their i have to like actually i have to like super actively watch them now or whatever or that kind of stuff but also like i just yeah i just like don't want to deal with it (laughs) can we just play some magic (laughs) yeah yeah and like i mean you know a bunch of tournaments have started implementing various like anti-cheat measures like the stuff where you you know you pile your deck and someone else picks the pile or whatever and like i you know was thinking like maybe something where people you know list some number of cards that you just like put from the top of the deck to the bottom or whatever but like all of that stuff is just really time consuming especially considering like often you know if we're talking about shuffle cheating like tournament play relies so heavily on shortcuts if you wait for everyone to like fully resolve their search and shuffle effect every time before passing priority then things will just take like, forever 
but over 50 percent of games go to time it's like ridiculous but but then like but then you know it's like a whole thing someone's in the middle of your turn and then you're like trying to like get someone's attention so they can like pile you or you know whatever and it's just like you know it it really sucks that that sort of anti-cheating measure uh is necessary and then that means you know it just it's really time consuming and, and interrupts the flow of games you know certainly makes for bad viewer experiences for games that are commentated um and yeah it uh it just basically only has negative impacts i think you touched yeah. on some of these these methods but uh and a bit of how kind of tos are uh, trying to address them but it might be might be worthwhile now to just actually like you know kind of formally go through um, the kind of known methods and and ways that people have been caught uh, cheating so far in tournaments. Yeah, and sort of you know. Also, we can sort of weave into this like sort of how to weave mana mana weaving. Okay, but yeah, we can also sort of I feel like talk about some stuff here about like how to not get caught, as Lyndon was saying earlier. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, so probably like the biggest one and the one that we see most is literally just people stacking decks and mulligans, um, which sucks because it's also the time when you want to be focusing on shuffling and like getting stuff out of the way so you're not like holding up the game starting. But uh, yeah, that's when that's when a lot of people tend to try to get one over on uh, the rest of the pod. Um, so like a lot of this happens when like people. We've seen it a few times in a few different ways, like people putting things on top after like having the deck off screen for a while or for like a couple of seconds or like adding things to their hand like immediately after the game starts. Um, I think probably the biggest one is just doing, um, so if people listening aren't familiar, uh, typically like the big thing in mulligans that has been implemented relatively recently is called the Brazilian cut where basically after you finish shuffling in an online tournament, you just uh, cut your deck into three relatively equal-sized uh, piles, and then somebody at the table just decides which order the piles go on top of each other, so you're effectively trying to replicate, like, a real-life deck cut on, like, webcam. Um, we've seen a fair amount of people just, like, laying it out for a... Uh, like laying out the three piles, asking somebody for which pile should go on top, and then just not putting that pile on top, just putting another one on top instead. Yeah, um, you, you like but, people will like yeah. pick up that pile, put it on top of another pile, and then just pick up the pile they actually want and put that one on top, or like yeah, instead. Um, so yeah, if you're, I guess the first big thing is if you're if you're ever asked to pick for somebody's Brazilian cut. Like, maybe actually just, like, watch them and make sure that they're putting the correct pile on top. Yeah, another <laughs> because, another thing yeah. to kind of mention on that is you see this a lot, I think, more in person, in-person tournaments. Um, but I've seen it online as well. And it's the, the I trust you or, like, karate chop cut where yeah, someone yeah. presents their deck for cutting and you just, you know, give their deck a karate chop and you're like, okay, that's it. Oh, that's good. Um, and I think, you know, it's coming from a place of like, oh, I trust you, you know, let's do, you know, let's, uh, let's just keep kind of keep things moving along. But I want to just say that that's like kind of actively a harmful thing to do. Um, it's, it's so bad. Just, like just in because it kind of puts, 
it it, it kind of puts this weird social pressure on everyone else yeah. where it's like yeah. you know someone else is like no no actually I do want you to cut your deck or like if you make if if, if someone makes someone else cut their deck then it makes them seem kind of like an asshole right it's like well well this guy's you know he doesn't care why do you care and it it just allows people to kind of like you know use social pressure to take advantage of it or 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 things like that like cuz you know sometimes and this is you know not always the case but sometimes it's the cheaters who are the ones who are doing those kinds of like karate chop cuts because they want to use that social pressure so that you don't cut their deck back right it's like oh yeah. I'll karate chop you you karate chop me and then you know I get away with cheating so just as a rule of thumb if someone presents their deck for a cut cut it please yeah. and then also if someone shuffles and they don't present it just be like hey uh, do you mind if i give your deck a quick cut it takes no time at all and it just it, it vastly improves the integrity of the game and kind of it, it can also dis disincentivize people from wanting to even try to cheat because you know they realize that other people in the pod are actually being vigilant and paying attention to this sort of thing yeah so yeah i think just maintaining i think just maintaining an air or like maintaining a consistent um sort of manner of play where you're just trying to follow basically the the letter of the rule as much as possible in terms of tournament procedures is just a really good habit to get into um and it benefits everybody Aside from cheaters, but they don't matter. So, fuck them. But I think that's kind of the whole point. It's not that yep. cheaters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Brazilian Cut, in terms of um, webcam, I think is one of the best, you know, um, tools that, that people have come up with. Um, just, yeah, make sure that, you know, if, if someone... <laughs> and the, the other thing is, it, too... Yeah. Part of part of this um, part part of wanting to you know maintain the integrity of the of the game and, and the tournament is you you can't get mad when someone else like you know asks you to cut or or you know let's say you're like oh hey did you cut your deck or you know whatever it's like oh I didn't see it do you mind just cut doing another cut for me like it takes two seconds it shouldn't thing it shouldn't matter like just make sure that you know or if someone did a brazilian cut and you kind of you weren't sure that they picked up you're like oh i was sorry i was looking away i looking at my hand um while you're picking up the piles can we just do that again like real quick um and then yeah just don't also get don't get mad when someone might ask you to do the same thing and then you know we can all uh we can all help reduce cheating in the community yeah I, and, and, and another thing yeah. i'd say is like make sure that Make sure you see, obviously, like, the cut is good, but also make sure you see people actually shuffle, and they shuffle, like, at least mm -hmm. semi-properly, um, because, like, we've seen some cases of people who, like, either stacked multiple, uh, like, they stacked their Brazilian cut piles, um, and there's, like, a few ways you can do that. You know, you stack three cards you like to the top, and then you, like, you know, deal out piles or whatever, um, things like that. So make sure you see a proper shuffle where both the top and bottom cards are changing position and then a proper cut. Um, and that should certainly make it harder for people who, uh, you know, at least people who aren't, like, super well-trained. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would also say, oh, sort of, like, as 
this isn't necessarily for like mulligans or start of the game but uh i would definitely say this is sort of building off of what linden was saying where you know just don't get like don't get up in a, a don't, huff if don't get like, pressed ask yeah. You about, yeah, yeah but like don't yeah like don't don't get annoyed if people like ask you about things that you think you obviously did but maybe they missed or they just like want to confirm i would say that extends like even past mulligans just to even asking about like if people are asking you about mistriggers like oh did you roll for crypt this turn like oh did you roll for crypt in your upkeep like even if you did and you think that you obviously did <laughs> try to get too annoyed at that just because you know they're they're just making sure that they didn't miss anything right or like and if you did miss a crypt roll hopefully you would like to know that you missed the crypt roll and that you would like want to be playing the game correctly and if not then you should still be getting your crypt rolls every turn yeah. and you know that kind of stuff like did you take your damage from mana vault this turn and i i think people should be much more willing to be on the other end of that as well i think not enough people tend to ask about that thing they just like sort of assume that their opponents did even if they didn't like don't necessarily remember it happening i have a i personally have a really bad memory for this stuff or i tend to like I'll, like, tune out when somebody's going through, like, upkeep, just, like, the upkeep triggers that they've had to do every turn. You know, you're um, thinking about your and, own plays down the line. Yeah, it's exactly. It's four-player, lots of things that going yeah. on. Board and analysis, it's very easy should, to miss, yeah. You should very much be in a place where you're both very okay with asking about that, just to confirm for your own sanity and make sure that the game's being played above board and that everything's going well. Like, everything should be very clear in a game of EDH. Nothing should be ambiguous, and you should be okay with asking questions to get rid of any ambiguity and you should also be fully okay with having those questions asked of you obviously if somebody's pestering you like and, and being annoying about it like consistently and just being like like just prodding you on the crypt triggers even if they obviously saw it happen or stuff like yeah you get annoyed at that but that's a point at which like you call a judge instead of like yelling at the person across from the table across the table from you but yeah just like be okay with people just wanting to clarify the game state clarify what happened clarify what hasn't happened yet yeah, yeah, I think I that, mean, that's the, also a good, like, you should approach when you're asking people and when you're being asked. Just, like, assume it's about the asker, not the ASCII. If someone says, like, yeah. hey, did you roll for Crypt? They're not saying, like, I don't think you rolled for Crypt. They're saying, like, I didn't notice that you rolled for Crypt. Can you just confirm that it, ha you know, like... Yeah, yeah. And, and then it doesn't have to be, like, an accusation. It's just, like, oh, I just want to make sure yeah, that I'm not just, missing things, you know? Yeah. And a cheater's a cheater's worst um, or biggest enemy is someone or someone and, and multiple people who are paying attention, like a spotlight, yeah, or, and, or people who are every, auditing and, the board in game state, like yeah, really and, tracking and like everything, specifically like talking through things yeah. and being like very clear about what's happening. I I will always say like one of the best games of CDH I ever played was at uh, Punt City One, uh, where I was playing in a pod where. Every single player in the pod was committed to confirming the order of the stack when things went on the stack, confirming life totals every time life totals changed. We all had independent counts, and every time a life total changed, we would all cross-check and confirm with each other to confirm life totals. Um, we would be, like, very explicitly passing priority between each other so that there's no ambiguity. It's like, okay, you have priority? Great. You have priority? Great. You have priority? I have a response? Okay, this is priority now. This is what the stack looks like. We'll keep playing. And it was... Both the pace of play was fantastic because like everybody was staying on top of all this stuff and there was no ambiguity for any of the board states or anything that was happening. It was all very clear and everybody had a very good idea of what was going on. And those types of games are, again, a nightmare for cheaters because everything is laid out super like carefully. Everything 
is very obvious. Every, people are like engaged in asking questions and making sure that everything is correct. It's just if you maintain like a lot of like open information game states like that, it's just so much harder for people to abuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we we talked about shuffle cheats and one one thing you can do to kind of make it a bit better or make make yourself a bit better at catching other people cheating um is to kind of know how it's done um or how people do these shuffles and okay i'm not saying go look up how to cheat or whatever but you know i don't know how many of you went through like a middle school magic phase <laughs> but i did <laughs> yeah yep um you know, learning how to do like these kind of like top like top card manipulations or you know false co- like just watch go you can watch some like five minute YouTube tutorial and you can see what they do and then it allows you to kind of track what's going on on camera. You can be like making sure that you're you're, you're seeing that top card move right, boom. And mm-hmm. is it going or are they you know actively you know mixing their cards properly or or is are they just moving the the top card to the bottom and the bottom card to the top like you can kind of catch these things and the the brazilian cut what i really like about it is that that one's you know if you watch them do a kind of a, a a shuffle and you know it looks you know at least somewhat proper doesn't mean it's impossible to i mean i don't know if you guys ever watched like uh penn and teller's fool us but, oh yeah, great, man! Great there's people are very, very good man. at. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I can't. I remember the like Shin Lim or something like. That. He's, I could not follow what the hell is going on. Like mm-hmm. you know, some people are incredibly gifted at that. But you know, there's times where it's like, yeah, you you see them shuffle. Looks okay. Looks pretty legit above board. And you place the cards. You do a cut. Like that can be a lot harder to uh, to manipulate then. Um, so yeah, kind of uh, do a bit of research, know what to look out for, um, follow proper procedure, make sure people declare when they lay out their their uh, piles in the Brazilian um, for the Brazilian cut. Have them like what I do is I'll lay them out and I'll put on my left hand I'll have a one and on my right hand I'll have a three and I'll put them in front of each of the piles right so that people know which ones are which. Then it's like someone says okay one on top or whatever. Um, also if Make sure when you're when you're saying you know one two three two three one blah 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 or you know three on like it, say what what's most important is not the order of the the middle and the bottom it's which yeah, pile goes on top, top right yeah. and be very clear about that be clear about indicating which pile is which make sure your opponents are clear about indicating which pile is which and make sure that you say you know very clearly this one on top right or you know top to bottom. Two, three, one, something like that, um, and then watch them actually stack it in that order. Um, yeah, um, and you could—I you, mean, you could also just throw in something like that after you know, like, hey, do that, and then also like, you know, throw the top three cards into the middle of your deck. Like, you, you can—you can even add some some small stuff like that as well. Um, okay, some other other cheats. Uh, to watch out for. Um, one of them is extra draws. And so well, as we're talking, yeah. um, and we're kind of talking about, uh, I'm mentioning ways that like, you know, things to have your opponents do to, so you can ensure that they're not cheating. Incorporate this into your own habits as well, right? So that yep. you can give others the peace of mind that you're not cheating and that you're doing everything above board. Um, 
because it's it you you don't want them to have to ask right to ha- to to have to ask you to like do things in a particular way if you're just doing everything right from the jump then it's things just go a lot smoother um so with extra draws i don't think there's a uh standard procedure in online tournaments right now or unless they've changed something recently but um what i like to do is and i do this in paper as well is especially because i've got black sleeves which can be hard to differentiate yep set my hand down pull off the top and like deal them out like so you can hear each yep. individual card hitting the table so like go uh okay i'm drawing uh sylvan library i'll draw my first card um set that down draw my next two one two pick up those okay you know decide what i'm going to do then put them into my hand or you know if i'm doing something with real draw two okay one two off of bazaar put open up my hand look at it discard three one two three and then you know do the same thing set my hand down pick up three cards off the top count them out and then put them in my hand yep if anybody has ever watched me play um the i the way that i draw cards just in generally is uh you take the top card off I will, like, put it down on the board. I, I might still be holding it, but the card that I am drawing will go down onto the board before it gets picked up so that it, I can do, like, mental double-checking to see if I accidentally picked up two cards or, like, if I'm not supposed to be drawing yet or if we need to clarify anything just so there's, like, a chance there. And that's, like, that is now just a habit of mine. It's not something that I even notice myself doing. It's just the motion of drawing a card is taking a card off the top, putting it face down on the board, and then putting it into my hand. And I, I would encourage people to, like, build that kind of habit as well. Um, another best practices thing here is that when you have your hand... I mean, you should be trying to keep your hand on screen at all times because people will sometimes take their hands off screen, as we mentioned, and, like, you know, add cards or swap a card or do something like that. So try and keep it on screen at all times. So when it's when you're not picking it up looking at it, even when you're looking at it, you know, try and keep it on camera but just not visible um, or not, not the, have not the, the faces be visible. And then... When you're done, set it on the table, and then you can, you know, take your hands off. Uh, one thing that I think is pretty good for, like, best practices is either spreading your hand a bit so that people can see the total amount of cards, like, count them themselves, or um, I've seen people throw a die, uh, like a die, just on their uh, on their hand to, to show how many cards they have in hand. Um, because then it makes it easier for uh, people to have confidence that, that you're not, like, you know, drawing extra cards. Because it's like... Um, I remember last turn you had like a five on your die, but you know, this turn you have like nine cards in hand and I can kind of come back. Okay. Well, you drew one for turn. You cast this spell. Um, you drew three cards like, and then you're like, well, that doesn't quite math out. And then you can be like, Oh no, you actually, you forgot this or like people can at least try and verify these things. Um, when something like your, the amount of cards you have in hand is constantly being tracked. Yeah, and and even if people aren't going to do that, like, I often do that at the start of games, and then, like, when stuff starts really happening, I'm like, you know, as I, like, start picking up my hand to, like, do things much more often, I'm like, you know, it it gets forgotten. It's not, like, a deliberate choice that I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore, but it's more just, like, I'm holding my hand so often once we move out of the early phases of the game. Um, But just make a habit, yeah, ask people how many cards they have in hand. If it ever seems strange, uh, just you know, like, ask for, like, a quick recap of uh, of what happened over the last couple turns. Like, oh, you had four cards last turn, but, uh, you know, now you have seven, and it's like, oh, yeah, I drew, you know, one for turn, and then, you know, yeah, whatever, for Timna, for this, for that. Um, 
just get that all confirmed and just getting in the habit will make it easier for you to uh to uh sort of you know catch discrepancies and just confirm whenever something's unexpected you can just confirm like uh you know oh, okay this is uh this is fine everything's above board i just forgot about xyz Um, and I think for, aside from, uh, extra draws, uh, we, I did want to talk about, yeah, like having specifically talking about, um, cards off camera, which is sort of like related to extra draws in some ways, but is really more about just like tracking hands and where they are. Um, it's, it can be hard to catch, obviously the, like, covering extra draws uh like a lot of the habits that help with um like catching other people drawing extra cards can help with catching people putting cards in their hand uh from off camera um but also uh sometimes this can be caught with a open deck list if there's an open deck list tournament sometimes cheaters tend to be not even good at cheating and uh you can catch them putting cards in their hand that weren't necessarily in a registered deck list um, so, you know, th you should always, that that's also a reminder to just, like, keep your eyes out for the stupid stuff, too. Like, stuff that you don't think people would be dumb enough to try in a tournament. Um, some people are definitely dumb enough to try in a tournament, um, and you should be aware of that and maybe be prepared to catch that kind of stuff. Like Best way to who... catch this is for everyone to slide telepathy into their decks. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, that's actually, that's that's the, the real it's actually Just it's, play telepathy. It's not telepathy. It's, it's Zer's weirding. It's Zer's weirding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always Zer's weirding. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to the person who uh, played two different forests over the course of a tournament in a deck with only one forest in it. Good times, good times. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a great one. Uh, yeah, and then I guess the last, the last sort of cheating type is just mana shenanigans. This one, it's really hard to tell what's... Like, drawing extra cards, unless it's like... Yeah. Sometimes I've seen people where it's like, oh, draw for turn, oh wait, I want to do stuff in your upkeep, oh, stuff happens, whatever, and like, they already drew the card, and then it's like, okay, now we're done with my upkeep, draw another card. It happens occasionally. But generally, if people are consistently putting extra cards in their hand, they're cheating. But people are just really sloppy about mana a lot of the time. Oh, oh my god, are uh, people sloppy about tapping mana? Holy it's not. <laughs> it's not hugely terrible in terms of amount of mana, though, again, just watched out for that i've definitely seen some like stuff that I'm i've where i've had some questions yeah. or like people you know miscount particularly with like sources that make a lot of mana like a cradle or whatever um mm. and or variable amounts of mana um but colors is a big one uh and i like i'm convinced that that's accidental most of the time it happens but still you know just like people who are cheating will like try and take advantage of that and like oh i'll just tap you know this cradle and one other land and i'll cast this black what the spell with like two non-green pips and if i get away with it then i get to hold up you know better colors of mana or not waste mana because i you know over tapped with this cradle or yada yada um so just pay attention make sure your opponents are paying the right mana and if you're ever concerned or confused, just just ask for like a, a quick recap. Don't try not to do it all the time because obviously it does start to yeah. stall things out. But like and once or twice a game, start grading. But 
Sorry, Reed, you were saying? Oh, I, I was just saying, and, and it can start grading as well. It's not just necessarily, like, delaying. It can also, you yeah. know, it, that can get on people's nerves. You're constantly asking for mana recounts or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, like, do your best to pay attention, but if you're ever a little lost, yeah. you can ask for uh, for clarification. Um, um, the the big one for there as well for me, like, my, I, my specific habit for mana counting is that just, like, a lot of the time, if people are casting something with, like, particularly multiple color pips, um, and a lot of the time, like, something like high impact, like a Nas, or just, like, you know, peer into the abyss, just something with, like, multiple color pips, um, if the table is thinking, or somebody at the table is thinking about interacting or whatever, um, or the spells just hang out on the stack for a bit, um, I will just take a look at the person's mana base, slash, just think about what they use to cast it, um, and just, like, the obvious tells a lot of the time are, like, just take a quick look at their dual lands, see what colors the dual lands make. If it's, like, not enough, then you can be like, oh, okay, well, let's let's just make sure that they could actually make all the mana required to cast this spell. Oh, like, the mana doesn't make it. Do they have floating mana? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Okay, like, let me, let me check after that. Um, it's just, like, it's just one of those things of, like, just using dead time in the game to make sure that you're not getting got and that nobody's, like, making horrendous mistakes that's gonna, like, alter the uh, future of the game and that kind of stuff, right? Just, like, you know, take... Just using extra time at your disposal uh, to just cross-check and double-check these things. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I think that's a pretty good comprehensive view or kind of covering of this topic. Um, covered ways people cheat, ways to kind of avoid it, impact on the community um just just a intro of just shitting on cheaters <laughs> um fully deserved but i, I kind of want to wrap this topic up by uh discussing well hang on a second before webcam, we do that, there is one more really important thing you can do to not get got by cheaters mm -hmm. and that is in webcam tournaments record your games it's really easy to watch people while they shuffle because not everyone's shuffling all the time. Um, so, I mean, we a bunch of the shuffle cheaters have been caught by recorded games, but um, like that one, you can generally just pay attention, but you can't pay attention to a game of magic and also what three people are doing with their hands and cards all at the same time, all the time. Um, so if you're recording then you have a chance to go back if something suspicious happens you know like oh wow that person had a crazy series of top decks you can go and be like well isn't that interesting during that crazy series of top decks their hand kept moving off camera or like you can confirm oh they fanned out their hand and there were three cards in it and then they drew for turn and then played a land and then there were four cards in their hand like isn't that interesting um all of this stuff you know it's not really practical to keep a close eye on everyone in real time. Uh, people will take advantage of stuff happening on other people's boards and be like, oh, this is a good time for me to pull my hand off camera and make a quick card swap or whatever. Um, so if you record your games, you have the, the chance to sort of go back and audit. And also when uh, TOs get like tips or suspicions of cheaters, you know, one of the first things they do is they go and find people who played with them, and if you have recordings to provide, uh, that can really help in these investigations. 
Yeah, especially because one, not you don't always have three people, you know, looking or watching a person shuffle, right? So you're like, oh, uh, I think you did your shuffle wrong there, or you know, oh, I'm a bit suspicious. Um, it might have just been you who was paying attention. So you have no one to kind of corroborate your your story there, and then it becomes a you know, um, one person says one thing, the other person says another thing. So having some actual hard evidence there, um, or something you can go back to as like an official record, is incredibly useful. Um, because you know maybe maybe you were wrong, maybe you did catch something you're, you thought you saw something you didn't, and then you can kind of exonerate them. Um, or maybe they're just going to kind of deny it, deny it, deny it all the way to the end, um, which is something that's kind of the most common behavior we see with, with cheaters is that even when they're caught with like irrefutable, irrefutable evidence, they double down. It makes no sense, um, but we see it time and time again. So, yeah, it's uh, recording, very, very useful tool. So, yeah, good, uh, good catch, Morgan. Um, but yeah, so the final topic I was trying to lead us into is webcam going forward because it kind of is mostly in webcam that we're seeing this. And I mean, there, I think there have been cheaters caught in paper tournaments, but, um, it tends to be a bit easier because, you know, you actually get to shuffle their decks, um, if yeah, you want, and, and, and there's like judges there that you can call and it's like, they can look over the, sh- it's, it's a lot easier to catch cheaters in paper um you also just you, you sort of you can see them out of the peripheral of your vision like mm-hmm. when you're playing versus like online where you're just like staring at one person's board or whatever and you don't get a full view of their like torso either right yeah you just got their hands so webcam going forward how do uh how do we as a community address this uh rampant cheating issue and uh well, try and curb it and or, or do we, we change policies what what do we do we could just play on trice instead no <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> it's it's so i would much, rather it's die so much better than webcam in no. like every way i have paper Except cards exactly i'm gonna play with them <sighs> okay uh, so now that now that we've got that out of the way okay how do I we mean, how do we it's it's rough. Like I think obviously you know TOs implementing uh, better expectations is uh, is a good start. I think um, recording is a good start. And by the way, if you're like, how do I record my games? Uh, OBS is free software. You can set it to record either a window or your screen. Um, and even if you're using it for your camera. It'll get mad at you if you open a second instance, but it will still let you do it, and it will work just fine. Um, so that that just works. But um, I think it's a little... I kind of hate to say this. The cheaters who have been caught um, have ranged sort of from brazen to flagrant. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. implies that anyone who's cheating moderately more proficiently uh is is getting away with it right like we're unfortunately the people who are being caught are not being caught doing like really subtle sneaky stuff 
And admittedly, that's because, like, a lot of people aren't, you know, specifically trained in sleight of hand or whatever. But, like, there are lots of people who have just, you know, practiced a few card tricks to impress their friends or whatever. Um, and anyone with, like, even moderate sleight of hand skills, as far as I can tell, hasn't been caught yet. So, um, it's, it, you know, what that implies isn't uh, super encouraging for me, I would say. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I, I agree. I think we can probably try and address this by making, like, a more... I mean, doing something like this episode and having content creators um, really kind of blast out this message um, about cheating and how to get it, you know, how to catch it and all this stuff. Making... Just educating people, making them more aware. Uh, maybe for online tournaments... Um, the TOs uh, collaborate with content creators or create the stuff themselves of like a like a mini video that like people have to watch before they do it. Like you know, a five ten minute video. Here's yep. things you know you need to watch out for from your opponents. Here's how to download and use OBS. Um, here's proper procedures that you know you know we're if we make uh, the Brazilian cut official, um, do other things officially as well. Like you know no cards off of off screen at all um no um i mean that's currently a policy it's just really yeah, hard to, like really like, tough to enforce it. really have like i think there's there is this kind of like oh you know your cards went off screen for a second or your screen died for a second like yeah it's fine like really reinforcing to people like call a judge calling a judge does not mean you're accusing someone of cheating right like it just means that you're trying to maintain the integrity and like follow tournament protocols like you know, have re really reinforce that in people. Um, do you know the the card counting for like card draws? Like standardize that. Standard like just try and standard make make things standard and have people follow and, and just really try and get people to follow um, the procedures and get them okay. on board yep. with with this. Okay, hear me out. Tournament organizers should start requiring like a Scrabble stand. For hands, <laughs> yeah, like your hand, your hands just yeah. in a Scrabble stand. Yeah, I think if it was actually like if you could get your hands on a Scrabble stand, <laughs> pretty printed, bro. Come on, I yeah. As I said, if you could get your hands on a Scrabble stand consistently, as like somebody who is probably using, you know, like potentially using a five-year-old phone on a stack of books or a large cardboard box as your uh, as your play space right like i think i i, I i'm buying that I three Scrabble 3d printers we're gonna we'll start uh, production on these like tomorrow get, and get uh we're gonna get them in every lgs at. across north america yep yeah. um yeah i i definitely agree that like there's a lot of policy stuff i think there's um there could be like uh uh i i hate using uh like the phrase like a tech solution to something because uh, I, I don't know <laughs> at, at least me and morgan know i'm assuming like linden does the same thing as well but like tech solutions are never actually solutions they're just <laughs> being sold as solutions by con men who don't wait 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 <laughs> technology on. to be used correctly but okay. <laughs> um but there is like a technical like there could be like a technical assist here i think um which would un unfortunately require like a bit of like a fair amount of, of funding slash hours sunk into it for dev work and such. But I think, uh, 
I could foresee a future where, um, like a tournament, uh, series or a tournament organizer has, um, access to a tool that, like, would spectate a spell table from beginning until end and basically just, like, record the entire thing and dump it onto, like, some, like, AWS, like, uh, S3 bucket or, like, some, um, some storage instance somewhere on the cloud that you could, like, then pull down after the tournament. It would be a lot of storage costs, unfortunately. I think, like, you would have to spend a fair amount of time, like, actually making said bot or said program work correctly, but uh, I, I could foresee a future where that's the case, where, like, just every every game ever played in a tournament is fully recorded and accessible by the tournament. Yeah, but I, th- I don't think... Back. I think that's, like, only a very small piece, because... Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm you, saying. Because you, like, you don't have... Sort of a, you still... It needs to be... That needs to be done in conjunction with people being more aware yes, of cheating techniques yes, and actually... Which, which is... Yeah. Which is why I wasn't calling this the tech solution. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like a technical assist, where it's just, like, you have this in concert with people... Um, making it more comfortable for all the tournament attendees to, like, self-enforce um, policy and, like, make sure that, like, they're comfortable with what's happening in a game and all that kind of stuff. With like Maybe kind of also have, like, you could do it so that people are required to submit their opening hands um, or that through a picture well. yeah, of something like, because, yeah. one, you can then have everyone after the game, like, it, their opening hands get revealed. And so it's like, okay, you can verify that these are cards that are... You know, it's like, oh, I saw him play all these cards. Okay, this is yeah. this makes sense. Um, yeah. But then it, you can also have it like, if you have those cards, I mean, you can just use like OCR or something. Or if if you can, I mean, maybe that might not be good enough. But um, like, get get these logged, and then you know, maybe you can actually do some kind of like deeper statistical analysis on, um, well, you know, this this and have like create player profiles across tournaments and be like, wow, they're opening these cards at like. You know, not it'd be like it, it almost like casino esque software for like blackjack and card counting right. and things like that, right? It's like, well, you know, we can't use this as definitive proof that someone is card counting, but we can certainly, uh, you know, use this as a you know, you're saying if we're recording all of these games, um, use this as kind of like a hmm, maybe we should take a look at some of these person's games, you know, um, just take a closer look instead of having someone, you know, because it'd just be impractical to go through every single game or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, those are tech solutions that would require dev work and money and yeah. Like stuff, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think these are the primary solutions. I think if you're a TO and you're like if you're a TO who's TOing a bunch of like webcam events or like isn't even TOing a bunch of webcam event, you're just like looking to run a webcam event or whatever. I think the the true solution right now is just to educate your players, make sure that you're making it clear in the pre-tournament meeting, like the player meetings that. Um, these are the, this is what's expected. This is what the, like, sort of the culture inside of a game in this tournament should look like. Here's, like, you shouldn't be afraid to ask for X, X, and X. You shouldn't be annoyed if somebody else in the game asks you for X, X, and X. Just make it, like, it should be a culture of everybody trying to stay not got by cheaters, basically. Yeah. You know, it'd be great if uh, TOs were just just you know refer all uh or you know maybe make this this episode you just mandatory listening you know just who's who can really yeah you know <laughs> um no yeah it, i'm but maybe like a, a series of videos or something that that actually be really uh really helpful um okay anyone have anything else to say on cheating you can no? use a keyboard as a card stand <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. 
Um, so that brings us to everyone's favorite segment. Gut check. Gut check. Gut check. Woo. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> This this seems kind of premature, but this is kind of just what I wanted to ask. Gut check. What is your favorite set that's come out this year? So far. You assume that I know what sets came out this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's getting harder every year. <laughs> Alright, let's see. Uh, 2023. Um... Were all of the Phyrexian sets this year, or was one of them last year? I think one of them was the uh, uh, was the fall set last year. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brothers War was fall. Well, oh, oh, actually, no. I guess it was was it DMU and then yeah, and then DMU Brothers, Brothers War. War. Demer one was this year. No, it was yep. Phyrexia all will be one then. Mom, yeah. Yep. Oh, then so I guess bro- wait, Brothers War was last year? Question mark. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it says, yeah, it was. Yep. Yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. So then we've what we've got is All Be One, March of the Machine, uh, Wild of Eldraine, Lord of the Rings. Um, I guess a reprint set or a couple reprint sets. Uh, Commander Masters counts because there are new cards in that one. Oh, true, true. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but there were. <laughs> okay, so what's everyone's favorite set? Uh, uh I've got mine. Yeah, I think I got mine. Yeah, I got mine. Okay, I'm gonna go first. Yep. Mine is Lord of the Rings. And this is with some caveats, which is obviously I think one ring itself is toxic. I think Orcish Bowmasters is toxic. Um, I'm generally not a fan of Universes Beyond, but it's. It was really fun. <laughs> it like, did it for you? Yeah, the, executed. The, uh, <laughs> I, I thought, you know, as far as Universes Beyond go, they, yeah, they executed quite well. The flavor was pretty cool. Um, but the. Uh, like I was just having so much fun jamming the uh, the commander set um, for that with uh, friends. Like we'd play, um, yeah, just like you know, Sauron versus uh, um, elves versus the hobbits. Like just, and it was a load of fun. Like really, they've gotten to the point where. So I, I guess, I guess, yeah, all of these sets also factor in their their commander sets because they're all bundled in with. Um, yeah. These days. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they've gotten so good at like balancing precons and packing precons with like actual answers and board wipes and things like that. Um, just really well designed um, precons. Yeah. I, I had a blast. Um, also, that that's one of the few uh, pre releases I did, and it, and it was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, cool. Um, I. Personally, was actually a pretty huge fan of uh, All of You One. I think that set was really good. It was uh, 
it had uh like really cohesive identity and like a good set of mechanics i think um i think the limited environment was pretty nice obviously a bit aggressive like a bit on the aggressive side but i think that's fine and i think that there is there are a decent amount of like interesting uh strategies going on there with some not high rolls obviously like the venerate brought priest deck was <laughs> sick nasty and like way too good and plus the sonic slayer <laughs> was probably too good of a card to have in limited but you know um and then yeah i i think there were just like it was great limited environment um good like thematic set in general like a lot of like great like everything and like every creature in the set being a phyrexian is awesome to me i love that they like went full commit to that right like it, i feel like we haven't seen a whole lot of that in recent years um the individual cards like both for commander and for other eternal formats i think were very compelling um stuff like the mycosynth garden is an awesome design in my mm -hmm. opinion yeah. um i like mom i like the dominuses i like i think the dominuses are all like sick designs um and there's just like a bunch of like really compelling stuff at specifically i think a lot of like low cmcs and lower rarity card slots that um aren't necessarily broken in any of the formats that they saw play in but again we're compelling designs still see play now um yeah i i was just i, I think i'm just a pretty big fan of that set specifically so interesting <laughs> interestingly i was like looking at cards that were printed this year thinking i was gonna say all will be one and then like mm -hmm. as i just scrolled through the cards i was like damn mom had some cool stuff going on um yeah <laughs> i think that the the like um the legendary pair-ups was like a really cool uh thing and like you know they did a really good job of having callbacks to all of these cards that we've seen over the last you know little while i actually Come, I they really finished omnath yo that was that was sweet uh, uh, it, it was a bit disappointing, but it is sweet. I was actually more entertained about the Yargle and Multani printing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that the uh, the third round of Praetors is one that I enjoy a lot more on average than the second round. Um, <laughs> Blasphemy. Because Shieldred can uh, go die. Um, no. And uh, the, the battles were cool. It had Hoarding Broodlord... There's just like kind of a lot of cool stuff going on. We got another rule of law creature. Yeah. I'm a fan. Um and like I just uh yeah, there were just a whole bunch of uh really interesting uh cards that opened up some some design spaces, some really strong stuff, you know, Invasion of Vicoria, Fairy Mastermind, um and uh just a lot of uh yeah, a lot of stuff I, I really enjoyed. Okay. So I wanted to kind of talk, zoom out a bit too on, um, just on magic sets sort of, not even recently, but like, I, I, I thought when they announced they were going to do like three Phyrexian, like a, a block of three sets of Phyrexian, um, cards, I was like, no way. This is like, they've already done this. Like, how are they going to keep this interesting three times in a row? Like, we're gonna get three artifact theme sets, and that's that's insane. Like you know, last time that broke everything, and you know it's gonna be really samey, limited wise, and design. It's but honestly, I thought each of them was were super cool, but still very thematic, right? Um, as I was gonna say, zooming out, like for a long time we were just doing the kind of one-off um, sets, like blocks were kind of like gone, um, and then we did a return to. Um, blocks with uh Innistrad right um which frankly I was kind of disappointed and I thought 
I, I mean, we've been to Innistrad a couple times now, and it's uh, they've they've done a lot of they they've squeezed a lot out of what they can. I yeah, I I my opinion has sort of been that I think they're uh, I I think they have tied uh, some of the Innistrad stuff. Probably like they they've done it a bit too often, which is wild to say because yeah. it's been like yeah. however many years since the last Innistrad set. But they yeah they I think they were definitely retreading a fair bit of ground and there. Yeah, I, I I was just very thoroughly impressed with that because yeah before Innistrad, um, just without looking it up, what was the last time we had a block of three? Do you remember? It depends on if you are we are we counting War of the Spark? Yes, as part of yeah. the okay. Well, then it was that. Yeah. So it's Which, that. yeah, while ago. it's It's been a while. Um, 2019? Yeah. Four years, something like that? Well, yeah. But wasn't Innistrad in 2021? Wait, was it 2019 or was it 2018? I think War of the Spark was... Tw- like, I think... Uh, Ra- what was this? Rav- City Guilds of- and then... Or- Guilds was, was 2018, and then yeah. the Legion and uh, War were 2019, I believe. Okay, well then, yeah, yeah so then right. I'd count... Well, okay, I was not not just doing... Um, yeah, I mean, that was the last time we had a... I said block of three. So since we had a block of... I mean, if you count uh, War as 2019, then yeah, uh, March is 23, so... Yeah, like four years. That's, that's quite a while. What was it actually? Do you, do you know what it was before the war block? Just looking now. Uh, cons. That yeah. was a while for for three yeah, blocks. Wow. Yeah. Multi block set. Last time one was uh, what would it been? Well, they they started doing two set blocks for a while. Yeah, we um, had double Ixalan. Yeah, yeah. We had our Amon Cat. Yeah. Um, it, the, so the last one would have been Ixalan then before uh, Kilts. E- yes yes but yeah but like they were doing doubles pretty much from the time they finished cons yeah. to uh yeah and, and honestly yeah. looking back at, at some of these blocks it's like i i think i i, I know some people were, were uh i've talked about this kind of like the limited format with um because I, I played a fair bit of brothers war limited i i very much enjoyed it um and i normally am not a huge fan of limited so I was like, I I feel like people are gonna look back on this block like very nostalgically, um, and so it's gonna be interesting to see where we kind of you know in a couple of years look back on it and compare it to everything else. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very pleased. And and what's really surprising to me is given you know we we joke about this, but it, it's a very serious problem of just fatigue in Magic. Um, but I I really feel like the design team has just been hitting homers like a lot recently. Um, very flavorful stuff, like well-designed cards, fairly like decently balanced. You know, they, you get things like the ring, you get things like Bowmaster, you get things like Shieldred. So you know, you still get your your misses and and whatever. But overall, I think things have been, you know, it's very impressive that they're able to maintain this kind of quality, um, given just the insane volume of product that they're that they're pumping out. So. Uh- <laughs> I'll take your word on it because I'm completely fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm yeah. not even really trying to keep up with yeah. with like new stuff anymore. Um Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a gut check that kind of got into a bit of a discussion on on the vlog overall, Dragon, but I I yeah. that's uh that's interesting. Interesting. Um 
Cool. Uh, so that's gut check. Um, I think we're going to skip our uh, listener questions this week and we'll, uh, we'll get, we'll touch on them uh, next episode. Uh, we've got a couple in the pipeline, but uh, you know, if you guys would like to get in some before the next episode, uh, you can, uh, you can pop into our discord and uh, we've got a channel specifically for that. So, and what's the, what's the benefit that goes along with that one? Uh, I mean, if you're a, you push the pipeline, man, come on. Well, this is but if you're man, a, a patron that you get, uh, you there get you priority. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> do I, 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 is that not mentioned in the outro that I was about to go into? Uh, yeah, I mean, you get the show become a now. patron, get priority <laughs> listener questions, uh, priority, you know, gut checks, topic suggestions, all of that. Um, yeah. Uh, it is very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to contact us, uh, no, if you would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at into the North pod of our email into North podcast at gmail.com or on our discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. Next, a special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash North podcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Fox Cadre for our lovely podcast music and to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. <laughs>